0: This week, Friendshipping is dedicating our ad space to one of Jen's clients.
1: Yeah, okay, we're so corrupt. I'm dedicating my ad space to Zeal Grass Milk, um, which is a client of mine. I do some marketing and writing, writing for Zeal. And this week, Zeal launched a milkshake competition. You can enter your favorite original milkshake recipe and you can win $1,000 plus a year's supply of Zeal milk and butter if you live in the continental U.S. And I've had the butter and it is the best thing I've ever eaten. I took a bite of it with a spoon. That's how rich and good it is. So this is an ad about butter. This is an ad about milkshakes. And I hope you're hungry now. Thank you for listening to it. Zealgrassmilk.com I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is is Friendshiping! And the theme this week is... Oh, God. Graduating. It's the wind down, folks. (laughs) The the wind wind down. down. It's the last episode of Friendshiping.
0: Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, (laughs) I'm laughing because it's just hitting me now that you've got a blanket over your head like a pauper woman from the, like, I almost said the turn of the century, but I think people think that's 1999 now, but I meant 1899.
1: (laughs) I'm swaddling myself. (laughs) (laughs) Is it for comfort reasons or are you cold? What's going on. Uh, I'm not cold, just for comfort reasons. And because I'm worried about all the, I'm recording in a different closet today. I've been recording in closets for Trin for seven years now. And I'm record, f- for the last two episodes, I've, I've chosen a different closet. And I'm worried that the audio is <laughs> going to sound bad, which would be very fitting for our very last episode if we had technical difficulties. Well,
0: I'm just in my living room again because la, la, <laughs> I don't know if you audience members know this, but audio is difficult. It's never easy. It has never been easy. There's never like something that just works, uh, which is why I'd like to start this episode by thanking Ian Parman for uh, sticking with us for like, I think it was the last three or four years that we've been with Ian.
1: Yeah, right. It's been been a while. I mean, yeah, definitely making the show got so much easier when we hired a professional. Thanks, Ian.
0: Yeah, for real. And uh, uh, so often we would say to Ian, just like, just cut anything that isn't that funny. And and I I really appreciate uh, how he grew with the show and like got to know us and our vibe really well. And um, yeah, I'm
1: gonna miss you. Yeah. Yeah. Emailing yeah. Ian every week. <laughs> Ian's great. Um, I'll never forget when we like really started to empower him to like please edit anything where the the show lacks energy, just cut it out. We trust you. Yeah. And then the very next week, he cut out a seven minute um tangent of mine where I was talking about Harry Styles and I was like you know what (laughs) fair we did say that was okay we did say it was okay (laughs) (laughs) well Jen is there anything you'd like
0: to say about Harry Styles now that uh, we could just say Ian you definitely can't cut this Harry Styles um
1: this is so here's the thing about Harry Styles I think he exudes sexuality and I have a crush on him and um (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And um, my husband, uh, who is the least jealous person in the world, like, we do not have any jealousy between us. But he has said before, like, I wouldn't let my wife talk to Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know. <laughs> oh, he he's said before, stay away from my wife when Harry Styles is on TV.
0: <laughs> I know when my partner has a crush on a celebrity when he knows off the top of his head how tall that person is.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you
0: definitely. You've Googled that for sure. Yep, <laughs> like, you were
1: curious. Yep, yep. You brought that up on your phone while you are watching TV. Yep, totally. Anytime a guy is like, oh, yeah, Margot Rose is like 5'11". I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. You have a crush on Margot Robbie. Who doesn't?
0: <laughs> so so Jen, uh, let's talk about what we're going to do today, because this is usually where we talk about the theme of the show. And this is the theme. The theme is that we're, we're winding things down. And we are going to be continuing to uh, give friendshipping advice and anecdotes and hot tips um, via our newsletter, which you can sign up at friendshippingpodcast.com. Um, we'll also tweet a link, so that might be easier for you to get to. And you know what? Hell yeah, we can put. We have freedom to do whatever we want. We can put the link in the description of this episode. Um, and we can, We'll put it everywhere. But until we get there, uh, we've decided we're just gonna just blast through as many of these questions as we can. And we are not going to give them anywhere near the time and attention that they each deserve, but we're going to do our best.
1: (laughs) We're Um, doing quantity over quality today. We're going to make this last episode terrible. You're welcome. We love you. (laughs)
0: It's going to be like giggles are going to be prioritized, I think, over actionable advice. Um, but uh, but who knows? I I also want to, to mention that we might reuse some of these questions in the newsletter and actually like do them justice. But today we're just going to be like, just fuck around because
1: that's that's what we do. That's what we're we going to we're going to fuck around. That's what we do. We're
0: also going to thank people on the show. And usually we leave the thank you for the end, as you all know, because you all listen start to finish to every single show. But we decided to just intersperse them throughout this episode so that you are forced to listen to every thank you. So just whenever we feel like it, um, we're going to thank a person.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's no skipping those because you can't be prepared for them. You can't do it.
0: Uh, Jen, Do you have any life updates that you'd like to share with the audience? This is when we talk about our lives and anecdotes about ourselves.
1: Well, I sort of have, it's not really a life update as much as a thought I had about our show last night. And it's, it's I'm going to start with an anecdote about my dog and I promise it's going to, it's going to land somewhere. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. So last, so Mavie does this thing where she makes a little nest out of blankets and um, I Googled it one time. And I think dogs do this. They like dig in blankets or like turn blankets around because it's like some kind of dog instinct from millions of years ago where dogs lived outside and that's how they kept warm. I don't know if that is exactly what Mabby is trying to do, if it really is a dog instinct or if she's just weird. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I, but I did read it on the internet and there's never anything, you know, incorrect on the internet. Um, but anyway, so. Or Mavie, else they wouldn't
0: publish it. Yeah, exactly,
1: know? exactly. Mr.
0: Internet has to pr- approve everything. It's day.
1: highly vetted in information. Um, So, um, but a cute, extra cute thing Mavie does is if you are in her purview, she will add you to her nest. Like she will. So last night I was laying in bed and Mavie was doing the thing where she turns around in a circle, moves blankets around, kicks them around. And then she nudged it over to me and like I, she made my leg the back of the nest. And I was not sober. I'd had a lot of wine. And I was thinking, I I thought to myself, I am so honored to be part of her nest. I am a small part of the thing that's bringing her comfort right now. And then I was like, oh, that's what I always wanted this show to be. I wanted it to be a little twig in the nest of things that brings people comfort. In the beginning, Trin we had I, I personally had no goals for this show other than let's see what happens um yeah same and uh, and then over time I kind of thought like okay if we could if we could be um, a steady just a steady podcast that releases about once a week, maybe be a small a small branch in the thing that that brings people some joy that would be that would be ideal. So I hope um, whatever we as we make new projects that so we do the newsletter, I've decided that's that's the for that's the that's the goal.
0: Oh, man, Jen, what I'm about to say is way more selfish than that. It's the, thing, <laughs> the thing I've been thinking about all week, this is going to be content warning, uh, mention of death, but like it'll be it'll be positive in the end. Humanity has really been on the planet for a small speck of time, you know, and we've done so much in this time that we've been on this planet. But, you know, we're, we're just like a, a kind of a blip in the history of, of the universe. And so I try not to put too much importance on how people will remember me or, or how that's going to go forward, just because like eventually we'll all be gone. So like, who cares? Uh, but one thing that I think about is friendshiping has been so close to just like my soul and my process of, uh, of becoming a person and, and growing that like if I were to ever have a memorial service in the future, I want this show playing on the speakers because it, it has been a concentrated dose of mental growth for us,
1: I think. Every yeah, week. yeah, absolutely.
0: And I really hope that everybody who wants to do creative stuff in this, this kind of way, I hope that you get to work on a project like that one day that really speaks to you in such a way and is, is personal and important to you. And and I don't know how to wrap up that thought necessarily, uh, just that like that has been one of the most meaningful parts of this show to me, is that it's kind of a a snapshot in the lives of two people who just like give a shit about not fucking up as much
1: anymore. Yeah, who are trying to fuck up less in their personal lives. Slightly less, (laughs) if at all
0: possible. Um, but yeah, this has been a really wonderful project. It's been a wonderful thing to share with you, Jen, and it will continue to be because we're going to be doing the newsletter. And like this won't be the la- this won't be the last you hear
1: of us, you know. Maha.
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. But I am really proud of what we already made.
1: Yeah, me too. Oh hey, surprise! Thank you time. Thank you yeah. to our friends and colleagues who helped us make our Kickstarter way back when. I think that was in 2015, 2016. I can't remember now. But we made friendshipping postcards, and we had designers, um, we had we had illustrators, we had designers, we had people who looked at our kids Kickstarter and gave us helpful feedback. Thank you, everyone. Who helped with that?
0: I'm trying to do the cross out.
1: Oh, uh, we have a list of thank yous, and five. Trin is- There it is. Yep. Good job. Trin's very organized. Nice work.
0: Doing my best. Doing my best, babe. All right. Um, so let's start blasting through these questions. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's fucking go. Let's do our best. <laughs> Yeah, let's, I'm going to read this as fast as I can.
1: <laughs> That's what the people love about this show, the speed. <laughs> the
0: speed. <laughs> they're already listening to it on like 1.5 speed anyway, so. My partner and I moved to a new city in fall of 2018, but we were slowly but surely making new friends until, of course, the pandemic hit. It's been really tough to connect and renew new friendships that previous acquaintances <laughs> on their way to friends. Uh, I need to re-say that sentence because that was all strange. It's been really <laughs> tough to connect and renew the relationships with previous acquaintances on their way to friends. I see what they're saying here. Yep. So they made some acquaintances when they showed up in the city and they're like, oh, well, the pandemic hit and I don't know what to do now. I see. I see. Okay. We have a group chat and whenever I've suggested an No one has been interested. They've been outdoor and COVID safe suggestions. We're a bit older than the rest of the group, about five plus years, and married. Most of the folks are single, but we are not the only couple. So I'm not sure if that's why no one is responsive or if it's something else. We're probably the newest addition to the group also we tried suggesting low stakes events to other newer acquaintances, but they also aren't interested. What do we do next? How do we figure out if everyone hates us or we're doing something wrong or what? We're all vaccinated and I know other folks are getting together without us. Do we keep trying with our current acquaintances, try different tactics, give up and try again? For what it's worth, we're also neurodivergent. And I feel like I've used all the tools in my social box and I really don't know how to proceed. Okay. So I want to start off by saying everyone's depressed and (laughs) everyone's fucking depressed. And I think that the primary reason why people aren't really branching out right now is because they want their comfort food. They want their popcorn friends. They want their chicken fingers friends. They want their french fries friends, you know, and it's uncomfortable to make a new friend. It's uncomfortable to put yourself out there. And I just genuinely feel like a big part of like the, the it, there's like this dearth of new friends being made. And I think it's really because of the mood in, in the world.
1: Yeah, I always think like, to me, this is summer versus winter, metaphorically, not literally. So in general, I am a way more social person in the summer. And in January, I don't want to see anybody. But right now, everyone is in January. <laughs> like people are having a rough time. And I think you're right, Trent. They want what's familiar. They want what's comfortable. Meeting new people, going to new places, branching out is, does, does have a mental cost. And I think people are, are pretty frayed right now.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't think that means give up. I don't think that that's what that means at all.
1: Yeah, I actually think it means keep trying. You don't have to keep trying with this friend group. I would say spread your friendship around. Um, if you find a vaccinated safe way to have a board game group, do that. If you like dogs and want to talk to people at the dog park, do that you know but be mindful yeah. of social distancing like like don't focus too hard on the friendships that aren't clicking right now pull your focus back and remember the world is very big
0: yeah there's this piece of creative advice that i've always loved and it's fail faster so it's like you know pick a way that you're going to go follow through and then if it doesn't work out fuck it move on and then do another thing because every time you do something new every time you start a new draft of like a new project it will be better and i think that that's true here as well I know you mentioned um, that you're also neurodivergent. And I don't think that that has lots to do with this. I I just, I kind of feel like just based on your question and how it seems like you've got a grasp on like who you are and like the way that you act, which is wonderful. And if you don't feel that way, this is a great time to figure that out. And then you also mentioned that the rest of the group is five or more years uh, younger than you. I just feel like once you hit like maybe 30 Time just matters so much less. Yep. Like if you're 28 and you're hanging out with 23 year olds, that might be that actually might be a, a distance that it might be a little too far.
1: And, um, you know, if if pursuing friendships feels too hard right now or it's making you feel bad about yourself, don't pursue friendship, pursue hobbies, pursue hobbies that are yes. that are involved socializing. Um, And then see what happens, you know, keep your keep an open mind, um, but pursue activities, creative ideas, pursue stuff that fills fills up your 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 mental cup um, and then see socially what happens surrounding those hobbies.
0: Uh, Jen, before we do an in conclusion on this question, I'd like to thank all of yes. our guest hosts, and uh, and hosts and guests that we've ever had on the show. Um, Billy Bullock is the best. Uh, you should find them on Instagram because they're always posting thirst traps. Uh, thank you, Catherine Best. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you the Double Clicks who were our first and. I think only like true guest hosts, like they were on the show, like from the beginning to the end, whereas like Billy and Steven and uh, like took over for a little while. And then Catherine was on to like chime in on stuff too. Thank you to all of you guys. Yeah,
1: thank you. Should we do another question? Yeah, hell yeah, we can do another question. Okay, here we go. Another question. I'm in my late 20s and some of my good friends from college are starting to have children. One of my friends, Kara, is planning to have her baby's shower in September and expects our group of eight friends to fly in from different parts of the country to attend the event. Whew! (laughs) I love Kara dearly, but going to the shower will include paying for two nights in a hotel, getting her a gift, and paying for any other events that weekend. Yes, she's trying to turn this into a weekend thing, complete with a fancy dinner out with our college friends after her shower. Kara is my first friend that is having a baby, and I'm not sure what the proper etiquette is here, since any family baby shower I've ever been to has been incredibly casual and it's not required travel. Kara has made it known to us that she expects us all to be there and even tried to convince a friend to move an international trip so that she would be able to attend the shower. Because our friend did not move her trip, their friendship is currently struggling. Personally, I think this is ridiculous to have such grand expectations for a baby shower, but I'm curious to know your thoughts. Not attending and just sending a gift will likely cause ripples in our friendship. I should mention that I do have the money to attend, but I am hesitant to because I have a lingering suspicion that once she has her child, she will not be attending events like my bachelorette or coming to visit me in this upcoming year when my fiancé and I move abroad. Not usually a tit-for-tat kind of person and fully understand that friendships are not always equal, but Cara has always had grand expectations for her own events and precious friends into spending a ton of money to celebrate her life milestones and then does not reciprocate. She's supportive emotionally and is a dear friend. But again, financially, she does not seem to reciprocate. Please help me out here. I feel like I'm going mad. So
0: uh, Kara is being deeply unreasonable here. And there's actually there's more in the question that we decided to cut for time. um, (sighs) So Kara has Kara seems to have a history of really giving a shit about her own events and not caring about other people's. And, oh, man, I'm going to say something mean. I don't think Kara's ever going to change.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I know. I don't see that changing, changing either. You know, when I first read through this question, Trin, I thought, like, maybe Kara is scared that she's going to lose her friends when she has a baby. Um, but then we got to the paragraph that was about how she's always done this. And I'm like, oh, never mind. This is just a, this is just a pattern.
0: <laughs> Man, yeah. Now I want to now I want to read that paragraph. Do you want to read the for example? Yeah, because let's it's nuts. do
1: it. Let's do it. Why not? It's our last show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Here's the here's more gossip. For example, she had our group purchase bridesmaid dresses for her wedding that were nearly five hundred dollars without alterations and treat her to a very expensive bachelorette party and has since missed bridal party events for other friends because work was busy. And hasn't even complained about spending three hundred dollars on a bridesmaid's dress for another wedding. I typically have good boundaries, but I'm struggling when it comes to pushing back on these big life milestones because as I mentioned, I have a good job and I do have the money. I think I'd be more willing to ball out on her if I knew when it was my time she would do the same.
0: She's not going to. She's no, not gonna do the nah, same. Nah, nope. like yeah, no. Uh, so this is a huge booger hanging out of Kara's face. <laughs> and nobody has pointed it out to her or you've multiple or you've pointed out to her a few times because like, it, oh, it sounds that um that she is having a struggling friendship because of this baby shower. And also, can we back up and say... I've never heard of a
1: baby shower being like this at all. Like, this sounds like a bachelorette baby shower to me. I know. This is so intense. I flew to, I've flown to one baby shower in my life, and it's because it was for my sister-in-law. And it was was a surprise. Like, I wasn't, it was a last-minute decision to fly there. And it was a big decision to be like, wait, I am going to this baby shower. Because it was a big deal to fly for a baby shower. It just is. It's a party that involves lemonade and orange juice, and it's like an hour long. (laughs) Okay, it's a short thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, like what does she think is going to happen? Does she think this is going to be like an eight hour, like, we're going to be playing baby shower games, we're going to wrap, what do you do at baby showers? It's like you wrap diapers on stuff. Yeah. And you like.
1: It's, she's turning it into a whole weekend and she doesn't have actual, literal or emotional buy-in from anyone else.
0: Yeah, so I am happy that Kara has been a kind friend to you and has been there for you. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because otherwise I'd be like, fuck this person. Because right. it just doesn't sound like um and also I have uh I think I've mentioned this on the show before that I have a personal experience in uh in people who have acted this way at at baby showers and bridal events and stuff. And the, they have not changed. But oh man, this is so mean. Um here's what I think my advice is. I would say Again, it's like a big booger hanging out of her face. This is a, a character flaw in her that either has not been brought up to her or she doesn't care because she's selfish. And I think that voicing support for the friend who was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I think they might actually be a good place to start. It's going to cause a fight because this whole thing is going to be a fight. Like she's, she's clearly taking personal offense to everybody who's saying no to anything. But here's the thing, like we say on the show, people should be grateful when you give them boundaries. People should be happy when you tell them wh- how to love you. And she's not listening to you about this. And she just cares about you loving her as thoroughly as you are able with as much financial buy-in as you could possibly give, which I just think is such is so shitty. So I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you have the money. That's the thing. It doesn't matter if you were were just bequeathed hundreds of thousands of dollars or something like that. And she knows about it. It's not about the money at all. It's about, and and I agree, like none of these things should be tit for tat, but on a certain level, we do need to reciprocate sharing these joyful events in one another's lives. And if she's asking so much out of you for this joyful event and not joining you on yours and and honestly, and complaining about other people's. I just feel like her head's in the clouds.
1: It is such a courtesy for you to decline and send a gift. It is a courtesy for you to do that. It is a nice thing to do. I know your brain is going to tell you, oh, man, she's going to be so mad at me. Oh, I hope Oh, I don't want to cause conflict. You are not the one causing the conflict. Declining this event is a mature thing to do. It is so reasonable. You're responsibly taking care of yourself. You're not putting yourself into an uncomfortable situation. For a whole weekend where you will be stressed out, it is so okay to decline this event. You have our full permission and encouragement.
0: And if you want to make something up, you could say that, I mean, you could tell them the truth that we are in a pandemic and any unnecessary traveling is like a silly thing to do. Um, And which with the caveat of, I know that people haven't seen their families in like very, very, very long times. And to me, that is much more necessary travel than this, especially staying in a hotel and like, you know, spreading your germs to everybody who works in the hotel. That seems a little bit ridiculous. So if you wanted to like white lie slash tell the truth, that would be a good thing to say. But honestly, if this is such a large part of your relationship with her, you might just want to have this fight. And again, it's going to be a fight. And I'm so sorry that it's going to be a fight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean friendships do include fights. You do have to clue in your friends when they are loving you poorly. You know, it is it is unfair that this person is treating every single event in her life as mandatory. That is an unreasonable expectation.
0: I'm going to do a little thank you real quick before Ooh. we before we keep talking about this. I'd like to thank um, our, our friends and colleagues who first listened to the show. Um, we posted it on our, our shared office Slack. We worked in a building with a, a few other uh, companies. And it was just really wonderful that people didn't even listen to it right away. And they were like just excited that we'd made something. Um, so like, you know. Savannah and Subi wasn't in the office, but you might as well have been and Henry and Andrew and um, just like everybody, everybody there. I'm at a loss for names simply because the group was so big and so kind, our community. Anyway, so back to the question, back to this asshole Cara. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so, yeah, I um, this is actually pulling into um, I, I have a list of like our overarching themes of this show and this is pulling into two themes. One is sometimes it's just going to be a fight and it's okay because discomfort can breed comfort. You just have to solve the thing. Sometimes you got to excavate that wound and clean it out. And this is, this is part of that. And also sometimes things are just going to suck until they don't suck anymore. And it sounds like uh, that is Kara. Kara going to suck till she doesn't suck anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can decide how to move forward here. I don't see this as a conversation where Kara will be calm and reasonable because it's clear she's got a lot of uh, importance tied up in small things. Um, yeah. And she doesn't seem like the most considerate person. She just She's not putting herself in other people's shoes. So temper your expectations. And yeah, I would, Trin, I think you're right. Expect this to be a fight.
0: <laughs> so in conclusion, um, if you want to be super courteous, um, really all you have to do is decline the invitation. That is all that is required of somebody who is declining an invitation. She shouldn't follow up and be like, Why aren't you going? And know you've got the money. Like, she shouldn't be doing that. But she probably will, it sounds like. So, prepare yourself for a fight. And just, uh, you're correct. We both, Jen and I both think that you're correct in this situation and she's being unreasonable. And we're never wrong. We're never wrong. We've never, ever, especially not in our earlier episodes. We've never been wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No mistakes. That's right. All right. Are we ready for the next one? No mistakes, Bane? Cool. So, this question I kind of cut in half because it was a bunch of kind stuff that you, you all don't need to hear. But thank you so much, Chris. That was very, very kind of you. And when I received this email, Chris, if you know that you're the Chris who sent this, I want to say this. Like, it really touched my heart what you said, and I needed it at that time. So, thank you. Um, so, the end of it is I wondered if you could ever talk in detail about how ADHD affects friendship and about overcoming the difficulties in friendships between neurotypical and neurodivergent people. This is more of a topic than a question. And I wasn't sure if that's the kind of thing you'd consider for the podcast. Uh, Thank you, Chris, they, them. Uh, So I I am excited to talk about this. I don't think it's possible to talk about neurodivergent people as a group because we're all so different within that group. Like there's just different ways to be neurodivergent. I can talk about my personal experience, though, um, with ADHD, anxiety, depression, all those things. The people who are in my life are incredibly patient. And that's, that's who stayed, you know? And I remember one day realizing that at the end of the day, as long as like these like five people were, were still around, I would be, I could be happy, you know? And I think that's, that's part of it, especially for, with ADHD, because, uh, you don't remember birthdays, you know, like I, man, I I think I ask my friends for their birthdays like twice a year and then never put it in my calendar. I'm like, I'm going to do it this time and put it all in my calendar. But you know, that's how avoidance with ADHD works. It's like, I feel bad about never having remembered anybody's birthdays. So my brain is like, oh, guess what? We're not dealing with this today. We'll just shove this off. So it had been hard for me over my lifetime to find people who are patient and loving and kind. And who also cared enough about me to get to know me to the point where they understand why I will cancel plans, why I will forget stuff. And I think on my end, um, yeah, I make lots of lists. I I say in the show a lot that like I I will have in my notebook if I haven't texted anybody back in a long time, you'd better text some friends back today. I'll post in notes up that's like, um, you need to make sure that you acknowledge this and this is coming up. It's hard. And I think what helps me also is cluing my friends in on that.
1: Yes, Trin. I want to say like you have made it very easy as a, as your no. friend. You've made it very easy on me to understand, you know, you tell me when what kind of day you're having and you tell me when you not when your Adderall hasn't kicked in. And I don't know, you just make it easier for me to, to see what's going on on the other side of what's going on on the other side. And, and let's, I'm so grateful for that. Like you were not hard to love <laughs> at all. Oh, thank
0: you. Of it can feel that way, you know? Um, but like at the same time, uh, I am just like overwhelmed with gratitude for the people who are around, you know? I was saying to my partner the other day that I understand why, like people in Iceland really believe that there are fairies and they, and they put like fairy houses and stuff out because I, I understand why you might think that somebody else is messing with your shit. You know, like I forget, I for, Like I remember um, I put the car keys in my bag before we went to the dog park and I lost my mind looking for those car keys, but right. I had just put it in my bag like a, like a grown adult who knows what to do, you know, but I can't even process my memories at looking at myself as a reasonable person, you know, it's it's really really hard, and I think that you know, letting your friends in on on that, are like, dude, it feels like there are fairies in my house.
1: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Telling your friends when your brain is extra crowded. Yeah, I think it is. It's been a real kindness to know when your brain is extra crowded.
0: Yeah, that actually I got from one of my other uh, best friends on my top five list. <laughs> it's Andy. Um, I remember when I was having a bad day. And this was years ago. And he texted me back like, oh, you got the brain flu?
1: And I was like, yes,
0: yes, I do. Like, this is absolutely taking me out of commission in the same way that a puking flu would have. And now that I have those words, it's very easy for me to say, I'm really sorry that I've been out out of commission. I've got, I've had the brain flu. You know, the brain flu, you know, the omega-sads, the omega-sads are so bad. You can't do anything. That's what I got. So I think the in conclusion for this uh, topic, it's not a question, but it is a topic is, you know, communication. Um, it's always been key. Um, letting people in on on who you are. Because um, a friendship is nothing if not mutual understanding. And this is part of you that I think deserves to be understood. Because it's not just the part of you that forgets birthdays and uh, is late to lunch. It's also the part of you that is creative and yeah, weird. Yes. And <laughs> and And you wouldn't be you inside of any other body with any other chemicals, you know? Yes,
1: yes. It is the part of you that sent us a couple paragraphs of real nice words that really touched us, like that is you too.
0: So uh be you and be known, I think would be my last thought on that. Cool. Thank you, Chris.
1: I'm gonna do some thank yous. Um I want to say thank you to some people in my friend group who have gone out of their way to support the show, um, especially Terry, Amanda, um all of you, all of them really, but um it never stopped surprising me that IRL friends that I had before the show, started listening to the show and continue to do so. And it's only because I I don't know if I could reciprocate that. Like, I'm really poor at listening to podcasts, like I fall in and out of them. And I'm so touched that people it's always a bizarre and wonderful experience. My friends are like, oh, yeah, I, I listen to this friendshipping and here's my take on it. I'm like, you did what? Because I I am not above asking friends to support creative projects. You know, I will be like, hey, this is a big one. Can you can you watch this video? Can you support this Kickstarter? I will do it, but I will do it like once a year. So when it happens without me asking, that is such a gift and surprise. And uh, it makes me feel very, very, even if they had never listened to the show, they they do care enough to ask about it. They care enough to say, um, how's friendship been going? How's Trin? <laughs> and that yeah. is such a, that makes me feel very loved. So thanks, buddies.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to add to that too, because Savannah and Subi are like top of the list, like for that, for me, like they're just, like listen and it's very very kind of them and savannah will like when we announced that we were ending the show savannah was like i'm sorry about friendshiping but i'm happy for you and like i was like that's exactly how i feel and yeah. um and i also want to thank um carlin uh who i i think I t- i've talked about on like every other episode of this show And Carlin doesn't listen to the show. And I would never expect her to listen to the show because she's got way too much fucking going on and she may never hear this. Thank you. But Carlin has been a sensitivity reader. Um, Her goodness and her effort has been, honestly, a guiding light in my life. And, oh, I'm choking up. Um, But, like, she genuinely strives every day to be a better person and know herself better and forgive people who've hurt her. And it makes me press on when I want to give up. And, uh, honestly the core of this show is what we've learned from our friends. And these are the people that we've learned from. Oh, so good. gross. I'm feeling very much emotions. Everyone stop it. Stop brain.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Should I read this one? Or is it your turn? My turn? I think it's you now. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Another question. Capitalism is a big shit (laughs) and makes (laughs) friendshiping hard. I recently acquired some unexpected wealth, nothing tremendous, but still a big deal to me and allows me to treat friends to nice things or pick up tabs without worry. The downside is now I just feel awkward all the time because I don't know social rules for treating people. A normal back and forth paying or it all comes out in the wash attitude isn't really necessary anymore, but should I still stick with that anytime it's activities that we all did pre-windfall? How often is appropriate to treat friends and family without making either of us feel bad? I don't want to think people hang out with me for financial perks, but I also like being able to share. Just really uncomfortable with wealth. Capitalism mm. is gross, and I would appreciate any thoughts you have on this.
0: I love the attitude that this listener has with money. Like, absolutely. They're like, this, this is weird. I have a bunch of this, and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And uh, I, I totally get it. And especially because, like, um, you know, I've had a rich f- friend in my life and you sometimes you just start to like expect them to pick up the tab yeah, kind of right thing. right i think that so my first piece of advice would be to it's it's the phrase pick your battles but like pick pick what you pay for so like picking up coffee like i mean i don't think that that counts on that's no big deal it's like pick it up whatever but if you are like i i love my friends and i want to show them i love them by sharing my wealth i think it actually would be more meaningful for you to do occasional bigger things than pick up the tab at dinner every night.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a super, I like that idea, Trin. That that will hit a little bit harder. It'll avoid some of this pattern that you're worried about forming.
0: And also like, I mean, if you want to pick up dinner every time, go for it. It would be great if your friends felt comfortable enough to tell you if this was making them uncomfortable, but that can be very hard to do. So I would avoid the always picking up, always treating. I think you can do that, Um, but, uh, like, here's an example. So if you know that a friend could use cash, could use money, I mean, I think that it would be more meaningful for you to be like, uh, here's, here's, uh, here's rent. Uh, let's never speak of this again, you know, and then like never, and then never do it, you know, like, or, um, I, man, I, I have daydreams where I'm like, if I ever had some wild windfall that... I don't even I have no clue where the source of that would be. Um I I would be like uh I just I'm going to Venmo Billy a grand. Here you go. I we'll never talk about it again. Like uh that money is yours and I just kind of wanted to spread it around because that seems to be your uh, your attitude here is that you're like I I am uncomfortable with the amount I, that I currently have. So like I think spreading it around in a more targeted way might be helpful.
1: Right. Right. I mean your instinct is to feed the people around you and bring them some joy and make life a little easier for them. Good instinct. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really lovely. I love that about you. You want your friends to have a good time. You want them to have, I mean, just, I'm going to editorialize here, but a nice a, a dinner out with friends is the number one thing that personally fills my cup. So I think it's really nice that this is, this is what you want to do for people. But I also agree with Trin, like you could, you should be mindful about this. And I would say, you seem impatient to fix this problem. So like, don't, Wait a little bit. Like, don't feel like don't don't make any money decisions for the next five dinners you have, and then maybe the sixth dinner is the one that you're like, okay, I'll pay for this one. You know, like like don't feel like you need to start dishing out money immediately. You can you your friends are going to be around for a long time, and you're going to share a lot of meals. And um, you know what else you could do is you could tie it to a bigger event. Like, hey, I want to treat you for your birthday, or I want to treat you because you've had a rough week, or I want to treat you because. We're vaccinated, and there's a patio, and we can stay away from people safely. Do you want to join me for that? Like, you can tie it to a little bit of a more important event. Um, That—that's. I think those are a little easier to spend to mentally spend money on. But Mm -hmm. also, I don't know if you're ever going to 100% solve this because capitalism is meant to be discomforting. Uh, It's by design. There's no one in the planet has a 100% healthy relationship with money. Like that doesn't exist. So if you're looking for that, you're never going to find it. I'm very sorry.
0: brief break to thank Lauren Gallagher. Thank you, Lauren. We thank Lauren at the end of every episode because Lauren did uh, all the design work for our show, all of our logos, like put together color schemes. And it was just a a really wonderful working relationship to have with Lauren over years. Uh, And her work is still so good and so incredible. And uh, you should hire Lauren. Honestly, you should hire everybody that we're talking about on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren is so, so talented. And I remember I remember Lauren showing a, uh, when when she was interviewing for a job, uh, she w- she showed a uh, PowerPoint about Pokemon or it was it <laughs> Neopets? It was one of those two things. And uh, from that moment, I was like, this person knows who she is and I'm fucking on board with that. Love it. Uh, So, so capitalism. Uh, Jen, I totally agree with you. Like the whole point of capitalism is to have this, this, uh, this stratum of humanity. And, uh, and like, and and now you are in you, you've been bumped up, buddy. Great work. Well, it fucking sucks there too. Um, But uh, (laughs) I, I like the attitude that you have a lot. And I think that that will serve you well. And I think that going in this with the attitude of I'm here to help is good.
1: So true. What a nice, what a nice thing that you that you have gotten the abil- you've gotten a little extra cash in your pocket, and your instinct is to give it to the people around you. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so lovely. Very into that. Yeah, yeah. high five. Uh, next question. Yeah, I think you're up. My best gal friend. This is a she/her asker, and her boyfriend recently broke up. I want to be there for her and support her 100. percent But I have this sense that she wants me to fill both roles: best friend and significant other. I had never known her while she was single because she was in a different long-term relationship when we met, and then she headed into this last one pretty soon after that. So I don't really know if this is what she generally expects of friends. This didn't happen after that previous breakup, though. I feel like she's asking me to take responsibility for some pretty huge and intimate things in her life that are generally on a family member or significant other scale, and on short notice by saying things like, I was wondering if you could do X for me by tomorrow because I can't ask why since we broke up and now I'm single. Wow. What a thing to say. (laughs) Holy shit. I know plenty of best friendships do have that dynamic, but we don't. I tried to explain the change in my role that I noticed and how I'd like to be there for her as a best friend and how it makes me uncomfortable to suddenly be so responsible for her life like this. Saying that made me feel really guilty. Plus, I haven't heard from her for a while, which is unusual enough for us that I'm pretty sure our friendship might be in the process of ending. Should I have expected this? Should I have gone about this differently? Am I a bad friend? Um, man, everybody wants to know if they're a bad friend. And let me tell you something. Um, if you're trying real hard, um, you can you can be a bad friend sometimes. You could fuck up sometimes. But you're, I think you're just a friend and a person.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're asking and and feeling guilt and worry, you're probably not a bad friend. You're probably just a little lost. So no, I don't think you're a bad friend, but something is definitely incongruent here. And I don't think the problem is you. (laughs) Um, I I am really stunned by the phrase. I was wondering if you could do this for me by tomorrow. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Was that also peppered with a ton of thank yous and please? Because whoa, that is like something like, a short, like a curt boss would say impolitely to an employee. And that, that is, it's rarely rubbing me the wrong way. I got to say, Trin and I, you know, Trin and I do have deadlines for each other because we, you know, we've been working on this podcast and other projects for years and we don't talk to each other that way. No, never. <laughs> yeah. Like we literally do have things to do for each other by tomorrow and we still don't say it like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little put off.
0: I find very questionable that um, it, it's weird that she's adding on to her asks. Oh, I can't ask my ex because we broke <sighs> right. up and now I'm single. Like if she is adding that onto the asks, then she, I think, purposefully or like subconsciously is doing this in, in order to guilt you into into helping her.
1: Whether that's at the forefront of her mind or not, it is manipulative. It's very yes. it's really uncool. And I, I know she must be in so much pain. But this is still unfair treatment toward you.
0: Jen and I are not privy to the conversation that you had with her. I think it is so amazing that you actually said something to her because usually we don't hear from people uh, after they say something. I know.
1: Good job. Yeah, I'm really proud and excited for you. And if it didn't go exactly how you wanted, I hope it doesn't prevent you from shutting yourself, shutting your voice down in the future.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think that your friendship is in the process of ending. I think that. You might be in a place where neither of you really know what to do right now, because it may be that she listened to what you said, she heard you, and she understood, and now she's giving you the space that she believes that you need. So I would say, if it has been a while and neither of you have reached out, I think it would be very kind of you to not just say, "Hey, how are you?" but be like, "Oh hey, do you want to simultaneously watch a movie together?" Like, like yeah. make, make a plan?" and it may have it be a friend thing? Not just a check-in, not just a do-you-need-anything, but a like, hey, I miss you and I like you. Let's do something that we like together.
1: And you know, something that we've said so many times over the years on the show is friends help bear one another's burdens. And sometimes that burden is a phone call and sometimes it's helping them move out of their ex's house when they suffer a bad breakup. But it's pretty clear that you've registered what you've been asked to do repeatedly is, is not reasonable and it's outside the realm of what you're comfortable doing. I'm glad you're voicing that. I'm glad you did voice that. But it also sounds like you don't want this friendship to be over. And I, I agree with you and I don't think it is. I think it's just, you know, a transition period.
0: Definitely. Well, good luck. And thank you to... I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Monica Verma! Monica! Yeah. Our literary agent. She really, like, believed in this book and made me believe in it. And I, I she really advocated for us um, and the things that we, that we needed. And uh, I really appreciate having worked with her.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Monica. And I also
0: wanted to say about this question that I, I also get why she's asking these things of you and why this is difficult for her. Because it seems like she has had a partner forever. Like she's always yeah. had had somebody who's like an SO. You said that she was in one relationship and then went right into another. It almost feels like, and you would know this better than I do, but I've got a little guess. It almost feels like she leans on that one person a lot and yep. and she it seems like she's a little lost as to what to do next. and i I remember when I was uh, between relationships, and I had never expected to be uh, the single parent of two cats. <laughs> and I was, you know, I traveled a lot. and it was really like, my friends stepped in and just like cycled through watching the cats and it was really wonderful of them. But I don't think I asked them things like, you know, pick up something from the drugstore for me or whatever, because it seems like these, these are like everyday
1: things. Yeah, like errands.
0: Yeah, I think that it is totally fair and cool of you to occasionally do a kind thing for her that makes her life easier. But I think that you are absolutely right to say, I'm not your husband. I am your best friend.
1: No to-do lists, okay? She's not allowed to give you a to-do list. That's not, that's not a thing. Yeah.
0: So I'd say the in conclusion here is, it sounds like you and this friend accidentally transitioned to this um, temp SO position. <laughs> so now it's time, I think, to reassert your friendship, because that's something that you miss. So let's start doing the things that we used to do when we had fun. Because, and here's the other thing, she went through a shitty breakup. She's probably excited to have some fun too.
1: Yeah, good point. Yes. It's not all work, you know? I've seen a lot of work in this question. Go have some fun. All right. Are we ready for the next one? I think so. Me? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jen and Trin. I have a friend who's being borderline biphobic, and I'm not quite sure what to do. This friend has said that bi people who only date the opposite sex aren't actually bi, and that saying someone is bi on TV and then putting them in a straight relationship is queer baiting. Now, I'm not exactly sure how biphobic this is, but I do know a lot of bi people who have partners of the opposite sex already face a lot of prejudice within the community. The only thing is, this friend is bi, so I'm not exactly sure if I should talk to her, how I would, or if it's even my place considering I'm not bi, and this could just be some of her internalized biphobia. Most of this was said a couple months ago as well. So I don't know how I would bring it up if I was to confront her. Grateful for any advice, she, her.
0: So I, I don't think these are borderline biphobic statements. I think they are biphobic statements. 100%, yeah. And knowing that this friend is bi, I, I, she's probably just like on, on this journey. I think that it's very good that you heard these things and thought critically about them instead of saying, well, a bi person said this out loud to me, so that, this must be the case. You know, no marginalized group of people is a monolith, as we always like to say, because everybody's experience is different. And uh, and she is she's on the path. But whew, um people who only date the opposite sex aren't actually bi. That's not true. That's just how math works.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty basic math. And I am suck at math. And even I know this one.
0: And uh, if when someone is bi on TV and putting them in a straight relationship, well, there's no such thing as putting a bi person in a straight relationship, because what it means to be bi is that you uh, date and or whatever you do with uh, all the genders like that's what it is. Um, so, so a bi person can't be in a straight relationship. That's not how it works and i actually think it is bullshit when um somebody's bi and they're only shown to be with um like a quote unquote the opposite gender. So quick Loki spoiler. I really hate I hate the whole thing they did with Loki sexuality. Do you know about this Jen?
1: Sort of I watched like 3 episodes and then i saw people pretty understandably pissed off about it. So basically they they made it they said he was bisexual but didn't explore like what what happened there.
0: So they like offhandedly mentioned that he's bi, but i think that that is a very troubling thing to couple with I am going to date the only female copy of myself
1: right yes okay I did I did see the episode where he admitted he was when he admitted that he was bi yep yep I remember this
0: and like, I, um, I, I just find that annoying because it's like, oh, like, I, I, okay, let's just, we're going to talk about Loki real quick, I guess. I would have loved it if they really played that off as a joke, that the two of them were in love with each other because they love themselves. I think, I think that's actually really fucking funny, but the self-cest, the self-incest, I can't do yeah. it. And to couple that with somebody who is uh, bisexual, I think kind of uh, hints at, well, this person is a deviant, you know?
1: Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> when Disney makes only non-straight characters that are villains, you got a side eye.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh man. It didn't even like. And I forgot that Loki was a villain because he has his own show, you know. But he like is like he like tried to take over the world, right? Isn't that what he does? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to wrap up this Loki point because I'm gonna mark this as a spoiler in the show. <laughs> but um, uh, so if you're just joining us back again after you skipped through the Loki part, this is all to say that. I would say bisexual people are not well represented in media yet. There are some great media representations of people who are bi slash pan plus, because those words can mean the same thing very often, the whole umbrella community. But uh, it sounds like your friend is working through something. I don't think you should confront her about this. I don't think it's worth bringing up again. I think allowing her opinions to naturally evolve here is good because she's bi and you're not. If it were the other situation or you were both straight people, 100%, you 100%, I would say, talk to her about it. But this sounds like she's on a journey. If she brings it up again, I don't think that fighting with her on this is a good move. But gently saying, well, I've heard from other bi people. I'm wondering what you think about this. Like, framing it as a question, something like that might be a good move. It's just, it's a very tricky and delicate situation because she's a part of the marginalized group and you're not.
1: Exactly. And there's, and I, I feel the asker responding, trying to be sensitive about that and understanding. And that's a good instinct because it's not a community you're part of and it's not a community you can represent. But you are informed enough to know that uh, when they think of people who are bi, they mistakenly think 50%, 50% girls and 50% boys. Right. That's who you like. But that is not, you can date 99% people of your quote opposite gender and still be bisexual. Um, I know you know this and um, I just have to get it off my chest because it, it comes up so fucking often and it's not borderline biphobia anymore, or if it ever was, it's just biphobic. It is such a tenet; to, it's so dismissive, and I hate it. Your anger that you feel—if you're angry like I am right now—you um, don't give your anger to your bi friend. You know, you you find another place to to vent your anger and confusion about this, and then you you have the conversation with your friend when it feels appropriate, right, Trin? Like you I don't fully yeah. agree. Yeah, this isn't where you don't you don't have um, a heated debate about about this with your friend who is bi, um, but you can have a conversation.
0: I like to bring up the fact that um, I've never dated a blonde person. I've just never, I never have. It's not that I'm not attracted to blonde people. You can have blonde hair and it's like, fine. It's just, I just, it never worked out. And blonde people are much smaller percentage of the population than people with brown hair, black hair. Um, And I know there are other hair colors, guys, but just like, hear me out on this and I'm still bi. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, I, I don't think that I need to go through my entire like dating and sexual history on this show. But what I can say is that no matter what it is, I, I know who I am. I know that I'm, I'm bisexual. Um, and I, I, uh, I think that it is really great that you are trying to be there for your friend while she goes through, I think, a personal journey. And when that happens in somebody's life, it's always hard. It's never easy to go through a personal journey, you know? Um, So giving her a little bit of sensitivity and space, which you already have, which is great. And then, you know, when this comes up again, gently stick to your guns because you're right. You're right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And hey, I want to thank anyone who's ever left a review of our book, supported our book, um, told someone else to read the book. Rent, got it from the library or hosted us at a book reading event thank you yeah thank you Ooh, are we ready for the last question yes and thematically this is a great great one to wrap up the show because it's agree. about animal, animal crossing. crossing
0: but it's also like nobody plays animal crossing anymore like this question is so old is, we've, we've, just Trin just Trin you're still been, playing right I actually since I got the dog I have, it. I have too many animals to cross now yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like I, I, like I was dabbling still, but like, it was just kind of like, um, oh my God, there's just so much to do and maintaining this island is not going to be a thing. And all my villagers are going to be angry at me. And anyway, let's read this question. <laughs> yeah, I think you're up. Hi, Jen and Trin. I recently got into Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh God, this question is so old. It's safe to say that I love my little island. Awesome. The problem oh. is I don't have gamer friends and I'm new to the gaming community. I would love visitors to my island and to visit others, but I don't know where to start. Do you have any advice for making friends online in the gaming community? I don't know where to start. Um, Okay. And I don't think the rest of that is is relevant. Oh, gosh. She signs it, The Lonely Islander. Oh, that's so cute. I'd say my first piece of advice is if you're going to join the gaming community, uh, do it very slowly, tentatively. There's some sharks in that water.
1: There are. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, that's an insult to sharks. (laughs) Yeah, I was
0: going to say, there's some sharks in that water, not the cool sharks that you can fish out of the sea in Animal Crossing. Um, Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I want to point you to the Animal Crossing community on Reddit. I wish I could do that, but I don't fully trust Reddit. If you are feeling brave and tough and you are ready, that's a good place to start. And now, you know, we're in the year 2021 and people are much less into this game than they used to be in the beginning, just because the, the same things happen seasonally now that used to in the game because it's, it's a year cycle. Um, but I know that there are people who are still playing this game. I know that there are people who are just picking it up now. And if you want to find them, I think that big community websites like Reddit are a great place to start because those are very vibrant communities just check out and see how recent the posts are, I would say. And don't feel like you have to talk to these people in real life or something like that. Um, From what I understand, people will sometimes like share their island codes on social media so that you can like swap off or whatever. Um, Some people are are much more free with their friends list than other people and like would be willing to add you to that. So I think, you know, a, a nice little post that's like, hey, I'm still into Animal Crossing, who wants to uh, do like a, uh, what is it called? A dodo code. The dodo code is the code that you send to one another to like visit each other's islands. And they shouldn't, I don't think they'll be able to do any permanent damage to your island if they're terrible. I would double check that because I haven't played Animal Crossing in like six weeks. There is a bigger risk in playing with other people on Animal Crossing or like, I think Minecraft is similar to this, or it's just anything where you're building something that someone else can like ruin. It's harder to, like, make friends who you don't know in real life. Um, so you are embarking on something that I think is difficult, but I think that you sound like you, you really want to do this. So it will be hard, but I think it could be worthwhile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you if you have the, the motivation, give it a try. I wonder what, um, like, the Animal Crossing hashtag looks like on Twitter. I've never paid attention to hashtags ever, but uh, occasionally on behalf of a client, I'll explore one and I'll be like, oh, these people use these. Good to know. Yeah. So I'd be curious what's going on uh, on Twitter because like I know people talk about Animal Crossing, but I don't know if it's where people gather to exchange their codes. So I'm curious about that.
0: Uh, also, heads up: if you are not a regular Twitter user, you may not know this, but um, absolutely, you know, do hashtag Animal Crossing. Look up that. But I would also look up um, hashtag uh, ACNH uh, and hashtag uh, New Horizons. Um, I, I think people use ACNH the most, uh, but like there are there are definitely like you know different subsets of people. I think this is really sweet, and I think that Animal Crossing is a really nice, safe place to be a friend. And also like, I I think one of my favorite things about Animal Crossing is when I see people's islands and I see their personality reflected in it, you know, like I love going into people's houses and snooping around and being like, (laughs) oh, Savannah's like whole house is all themed and it's pretty. And like, she's got a whole field of black roses, but I can't water some of them because we wanted them to stay black. We don't want them to be gold. Like, I just, I just, I just love that shit. So I I think that my closing statement on this question would be, like, Godspeed. I hope that this does work for you. Um, And if it doesn't, if you are having a very hard time finding a community here, especially because it's been a while since the game came out, uh, this will probably not be the last sweet, fluffy game that will will be created. Um, So if you're not much of a gamer, which congratulations to you for that, uh, but if you're not much of a gamer, this might be actually a tip off that you might want to have your ear to the ground for, for different games. Because if you like this, there's other things you might like. I, I wish that I had some suggestions for you off the top of my
1: head, but we did not prepare for this episode. So best of luck. Oh, my goodness, Trin. Have we reached We're Oh, my God. We're at I think we're at 69 minutes right now. Yeah, we um, are. Nice. Um, are we are we wrapping this thing? Yeah, yeah. Um so
0: here's the thing. We're gonna make you listen to some more thank yous and then and then we're gonna have our closing thoughts on the show and then we're gonna end the show. So so keep listening through these thank yous. We wanna thank everyone who ever spoke at any of our panels. Um Nick Cherhilo, uh, Kate Welch, Emma Reese. Um man, there were so many people. Uh Rowan, I, I can think of I mean, there, we've been on so many panels and so many of our friends and uh, colleagues have been so kind to join us and and add their thoughts um, on friendship. It's been really wonderful. Um, do you want to swap off to the next one?
1: Yeah. Um, I'd also like to thank our sensitivity readers, um, our friends who teach us and show us and encourage us to do better. Really, anyone who's let us know like, hey, you you made a mistake here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for believing that we want to do better because we do. Thank you for believing that.
0: And uh, thank you to Molly Lewis. We think Molly's another one of the people that we thank at the end of every episode, because I think that Molly's songs presence in our show makes our show, you know, like that hers is the is the bow on the on the package. And uh, and she really she set the tone and she just did such a wonderful job. You should look into all of her music.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to. And you know what? Thank you to my spouse, who is a uh, who is a big fan of the show <laughs> and uh, who is 100% supportive and does things like literally, like does things like ask me like, hey, how was the show? Um, Hey, I really liked this episode and also does things like make sure the dog is quiet when I'm recording. Oh. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to thank my, my spouse as well. Um, uh, Connell doesn't listen to the show because I've banned him from it. <laughs> but um, but I, um, you know, every, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway because it is cheesy. But like every day that, we're together. Like every time, like we're snuggling and I can hear his heartbeat. I am so grateful that we're alive at the same time. Um, you know, and I hope everybody can, can meet that person or people. Um, I don't care what your persuasion is. I hope that you can find a community or partner or partners that will support you in the way that our partners have. Um, cause they've been really wonderful hmm. All right. All right. Jen. Closing thoughts. So let's talk about the overarching lessons of, of the show. And I would say like big one is needs and boundaries, baby. Uh, you know, stating your needs, stating your boundaries. Those are kindnesses. And when you receive those from other people, um, putting that into action is, is very kind and never, ever, ever, ever disagreeing with somebody's boundaries, I think is also very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't disagree with someone's emotions feelings and comfort level and safety you just can't another lesson Trent. i've learned this one many times from you which is when you think the nice thing say the nice thing you know (laughs) you know it's so it can go you have no idea how far your compliment or your your nice thought can can go and um i've been super buoyed this week reading the nice emails that you all have sent about our show ending um some of them made me tear up so thank you
0: oh Uh, and say the nice thing unless it's about somebody's ass you know?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's important if mention. it's inappropriate, <laughs> say the nice thing in your head. If you have any <laughs> doubt whatsoever, say the nice thing in your head instead.
0: That's beautiful. Um, and the next thing is um, you can be better and you are better and you're not perfect and you're still learning. And I genuinely feel that learning is the closest to great that a human can ever become because we are still learning as a species how to be good. Um, so just keep doing that.
1: Yeah. And, and when you're not good, when you make mistakes, because you will, um, when you error out, sometimes those mistakes and errors will stay with you. And they will hurt you. Years later, you will feel burned up inside thinking about them. Here's a nice thing to say to yourself. Brain, you were right. Oops, that was bad. I made a mistake. Good thing we know that was a mistake and we're doing better now. And that's behind us. And I'm looking forward and I'm going to do better in the future.
0: Yeah. Sometimes your brain can't be reasoned with, but if it can... Try to,
1: yeah, reasoning with my brain is like wrestling it sometimes, you know. um, and it gets sometimes it's it's a, an easy wrestle. I toss it to the ground pin it, and it's no big deal. but other times it's it's totally overwhelming,
0: and I want to thank Jen because uh, i th- I couldn't have done this with anybody else. And uh, yeah. you know, and uh, I just appreciate uh, your humor through this whole show, and I appreciate how hard of a worker you are. You are the most reliable half of friendshiping. I I often <laughs> said that in emails. Uh, I was like, Jen's uh, definitely the more responsible half of friendshiping, so she'll, she'll probably be on this. Um, you're great. That's all,
1: Trin, and. You're wonderful. Um, it was such a nice surprise when the last when you named the last episode, Jen. I love you. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love you too. It felt like skywriting. It felt like, oh, my God. And it's so representative of who you are as a person because you share your love with people um, so well, so deeply, and you really care about the people around you and making them safer and happier in the world. And uh, that is contagious. So thank thank you for teaching us that.
0: And when we say thank you for listening to the audience, I know that it's like a cheeky thing because we end it with, you're welcome for talking. Uh, But seriously, like, thank you. Um, This has been a a space for growth and and for, you know, balance. And it would not have been possible if nobody gave a shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been such a good exercise for me to be in a crappy mood and then spend an hour and a half with my best friend thinking about other people's problems. Yeah. Um, that is just, so, it's just like a crash course in empathy that I've really benefited from. And um, I'm, I'm going to be sad to lose that every week, but I'm I'm also really looking forward to the newsletter. So you can subscribe at either Com or Com, or um, I'll pin it to the top of our Twitter and we hope you'll join us there.
0: Yeah. This has been friendshipping. This has this been, been. friendshiping. This has been wow. Um, thank you, Ian Perman, for editing. Thank you, Molly Lewis, for the theme song. So much. Thank you, Lauren Gallagher, for all of your design work. Thank you, Monica Verma, our literary agent, and you know person who believed in the book. And seriously, thank you all for listening.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, you're welcome for talking.
0: Friendship between humans has many benefits But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits View friendship at the problem